Hello and welcome to season two of the Women's Star podcast. We have an amazing lineup of guests for you this season, but to kick off first, Laura Louise spoke to Dublin Pride's culture and training manager Chris Gabehart about coming in as non-binary and their experience of being black and queer in Ireland. Chris began by telling Laura Louise about what it was like to come out as non-binary during the pandemic. I guess gender is obviously such a complex and personal or sub- subjective I guess is the right word thing that um it's it's taken me a while to figure out and I'm still I'm still figuring it out um where I fit into the the whole gender spectrum specter <laughs> <laughs> I'm just making up words as I go um but yeah so basically um about a year was it a year ago now? The COVID time soup has just messed with oh, my yeah, brain and soup. understanding of, of time. But basically about a year ago, um, I came out as as a non-binary or started coming out as non-binary because coming out is a, a process because every time obviously you enter a new social circle or a new work environment. Um, and I'm, I'm, I'm very privileged and grateful for the fact that I do work for Dublin Pride. So it was just a matter of sending a text to my colleagues because... That's what we millennials do. We don't talk. <laughs> we just text. Um, I was like, I can't say this out loud, but I can text it. Um, and I guess, you know, that's also part of the journey, being more more comfortable with actually saying to people, hey, I am non-binary. And I'm still um, I'm still not very comfortable with doing that just because I feel like, you know, when you're starting a conversation and no one's introduced themselves with their pronouns and then you're like, oh, oh by the way. And then, you know, it's kind of hard for me to find the right, moment um to intersect and go um hey i am actually using this uh, set of pronouns um but i um actually found that it 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 was harder for me or it is harder for me to um come out to people that i've known for a long time because i'm like oh yeah you know me as this one thing and now i have to make it complicated and introduce myself as this other thing but it's actually not complicated um and all like um all across the board, everyone I told has been um, nothing but supportive. But um, I've been very um, grateful also in the sense that I just I just pick the best people to surround myself with. Um, but yeah, it's been it's 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 definitely been a journey. So um, it was kind of obviously first coming out, sending those initial texts to my colleagues, um, my 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 housemates, and, and my landlady. <laughs> <laughs> um, those were the f- the first people I kind of officially told um, um, I am non-binary. I would like to be referred to uh, with they, them pronouns. So what about uh, like growing up or um, finding out about the term non-binary? Like when did it start to fit for you or did you always feel a certain way and then you heard it and you were like, oh, that's me? Yeah, well, funnily enough, um, the first time I heard non-binary, which was uh, during my undergrad in, in Hamburg, uh, so my minor... so. I, did I mention that I'm Austrian? So I am Austrian. English is not my first language. Um, so I did my undergrad in Hamburg in Germany. Um, and um, I was, uh, my, during my minor, uh, which was in English studies, um, we had this kind of cafe where you could just sit and speak English because it was all the English students um, that would socialize there. <laughs> um, so um, one of my friends um, came out as non-binary and they they explained to me what it was because I was like, what is this new term? Um, so that would have been back um, probably around five years ago or so. Um, but I didn't 
I didn't associate it with me or it didn't click. And I was like, oh, my God, this is who I am and what I've been looking for all my life. I was just like, oh, yeah, cool, 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 cool. <laughs> I support you, whatever you need. Um, but um, I suppose growing up, I I'd always felt like my gender was kind of it was or my gender um, performance was off in the sense of it wasn't what people expected of someone who had been you know assigned female at birth um so it was kind of a like seeing where where it fit in and i didn't really understand what i was doing wrong so to speak but people would come up to me even when my hair is quite short but even when i um when i was younger my hair would was longer and you know even if if i was wearing a dress for example um which i hated at that age um but um, people would still come up to me and ask me if I was a boy and a girl. And I was like, of course I'm a girl. Um, so I, I still, um, or I, I very much felt, I felt female and I felt, um, I felt feminine, I suppose. But it wasn't in a way that made sense to people, if that makes sense to people who are listening to this. Um, so then um, it was kind of a matter of, kind of realizing um that and it, it it was something that happened gradually um of of not feeling female anymore mm-hmm. and i i would say that up until recently i would I, I was very comfortable in my feminine well not femininity but femaleness um but that just changed um you know it it was a matter of over time and over the, l- the last few years of being comfortable with being addressed as she, her, and as a woman, to just not anymore. Um, and um, it was kind of obviously COVID, um, and I didn't want to, I didn't want to mention the c word, but <laughs> here we are. Um, and um, yeah, so obviously ev- everyone had time on their, lots of time on their <laughs> hands, um, which was good and bad. Um, but I definitely did did a lot of soul searching, as uh, many people did. Um, I, I I'm sure. But um, I was just like, this just doesn't, it doesn't feel right anymore. And I've started um, to feel increasingly uncomfortable with being addressed as female. And then it got to a point where I just I just had to get rid of the the the, the pronouns, um, the the female pronouns altogether. Reject the binary. <laughs> Um, thank you so much. And so when you started to feel like, okay, she, her is not for me. Um, do you feel comfortable with they, them, or is that just something that's, you know, best of a bad lot kind of thing for you? Um, no, I do feel very comfortable with they, them, because it, it's, it's part of the English language and uh, gender, gender neutral pronouns they and them have been part of the English language since the, since the 14th century, um, so it may I like things to make sense <laughs> and which is obviously terrible when you're you know queer because nothing <laughs> makes sense um because w- whenever I have to explain gender I'm just like I just I'm just making up words as I go um because it's so personal it's feelings it's you know it's 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 who you are so it's so hard to describe um and as a person that is very very logical and sometimes people will put it down to me being a Capricorn if you're um, one of the <laughs> astrological folks out there uh, I'm a Capricorn I don't know anything about moons rising and all of that but um, I'm a very logical I, I suppose person um, so it made sense to me and it felt comfortable to me because it was part of the 
um, part, part of the English language. And um, it was something, um, again, going back to the journey that I I started um, at first using both sets. So she, her, and then they, them. I just, I didn't even bother explaining it, you know, like when you're on Zoom, you just like change your Zoom signature and then that's, uh, or display name. And then it's like, oh, that's the equivalent of coming out during COVID, I suppose. But um, but I, once I, I dropped the she, her, obviously that needed a bit of um, explaining on my part, I guess. Amazing. I like what you're saying about the coming out over um, during COVID over Zoom. Cause I saw actually quite a lot of people did that or even um, I wouldn't have known their pronouns before, but you know, you start to see them all over Zoom. Um, and a lot of people at the start were using she, they, he, they, and then went to they completely by the end of the pandemic. Um, so you could see people having that, con- I guess, confidence or, or growth over, over that Zoom time. Um, and I guess because names can be such a, a emotive topic for our community. Um, what about your name? How does that still align with you? Yeah, so um, I love I love my name, not not Chris, but but Christelle. Um, and I've I've had actually people come up to me and ask if I I had shortened it um, because I'm non-binary now. So if 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 I prefer to be called um, or known as Chris, um, but. For me, my name, although it is considered a, f- a female or a feminine name, um, it isn't female because I'm not female. So my name to me is is me <laughs> and I am not female. So therefore, my name is also not female. But I, I, I totally get why people would decide um, or, or have different feelings about that, especially when you're um, trans binary and you're... Um, you're dealing maybe with gender dysphoria um which which I'm fortunate to not be dealing with um but um yeah for me my name was never an issue I actually quite like it and, and I wish more people could pronounce it here but alas I wish I could as well <laughs> Chris <laughs> Christel many have tried and many have failed <laughs> God. well yeah. I think it's good to try yes <laughs> Um, but you mentioned, and I'm kind of in denial about this because I don't want you to li- leave Ireland, um, but you said you're considering moving to a German-speaking country. And so um, I believe uh, German is a very gendered language. So how have you gone about translating your gender identity experience from English, where you've come out in English, to German? Well, that is a thing. <laughs> that is that is definitely a thing. So, um, so yeah, I'm 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 definitely kind of getting home homesick in the sense of I'm I'm I've I've done my I've done my bit of traveling now, and I want to kind of move move back to my Germanic roots. I don't know if you can call them that, <laughs> but um, yeah, um, but but yeah. So it's been um, and it's only something that I've that I've recently thought of because um, I was um, home in Austria over the summer how I would like to be addressed and um, I do speak German quite a lot here because um, my partner is German um, but um, and and I told her that you know you can you can address address me as female um, but I've I've noticed um, over the past few weeks even actually if that's you know going back to the journey um, over the past few weeks um, when I was in Austria that I just it's just very frustrating 
but because German is so gendered and it's not just, um, you know, people that have a gender, for example, it's inanimate um, objects as well. Um, and it's not just pronouns and words. It's, yeah, it is words. Um, and it's it's also words within the sentence. I can't really explain it that well mm. because I'm not a linguist. Um, but um, every, every word um, in, or most words in the sentence are linked to your gender so they change depending on your gender. And obviously in the German language, there's only two options, female um, and male when it comes to people. Um, so going back um, or, or thinking about going back actually gave me quite a lot of anxiety because um, I just didn't know how I would fit in. And I didn't want to have to um, kind of teach people a new language every time I met someone and introduced myself because um, the thought actually that 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 made me mo most anxious was when someone or when I came out to someone them asking you know being supportive but then also asking so how would you like me to address you going forward because I, I don't have the answer because the German language doesn't really have an answer um, to that question and there are groups obviously that have been trying to um, create a new system um, for for the language but because it's different groups in different locations those um, systems vary um, and the only solution that I see is if the people who decide on the German language um, get their act together um, and come up with a solution for people like myself um, and also inter uh, um, intersex people to to fit in because um, um, intersex people obviously are, are, are legally acknowledged in, in, in Austria and Germany. But, you know, the language isn't there. Um, so it's not just non-binary people and trans people. It's also um, intersex people because biological sex as well. Just get rid of that binary. <laughs> just, <laughs> just binaries. Just don't do them. <laughs> um, and it's something that I've, um, again you gave me so much food for thought just like the last 48 hours I've just been thinking 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 about everything you said and I guess you know living um only through English you know I always think about how our language still has so far to go but then when I hear about um your experience of trying to think about um how to be addressed through your own language um and how there's nothing naturally there to like step into or to take on take on or that's been designed for you um, I realise how actually we have a, you know, there's so much more here because you were actually saying to me the other day um, about how some languages are just adopting like an English version of certain words when it comes to gender and sexuality. Um, have you figured out what you want to be addressed by addressed in German or have you found like a temporary stopgap? Um, well, well, yes, <laughs> um, and I've only figured that out recently, um, but I think I w I'm just going to ditch ditch the pronouns altogether because there is a way of just and it's not very sexy linguistically but <laughs> you know it's it's because it's a lot of repetition of of your name so you would say Chris did this Chris did that Chris did, did you know this or Chris is this Chris 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 um and while I like hearing my name <laughs> repeated <laughs> back at me um not you know not that much um so that's kind of the solution that I've come up with because I do believe that lang the language will change um, and I think um, that it's 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 so important when it comes to injustice and kind of liberation movements that we 
we we act locally and that we find ways in our, our own languages to to express ourselves and to express the injustice that we face um, because otherwise it almost becomes removed and I feel like that happened during the Black Lives Matter movement for example because we also called it Black Lives Matter because obviously it's a name but it and we also don't have a word for race in in German because in German because of um, our history with the Nazis race referred to something else um, so we used the English word um, and, and there's little things like that, um, like colorism, for example. Um, and I'm black. I, well, you can't see me, but I'm black. So that's why <laughs> I'm talking a lot about um, um, about about race and, and, and my experience of being being black as well. Um, and yeah, so 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 it's important that we don't almost this um, this disattach. If, mm. Is that a word? Um our language from 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 the injustice that we face, I think, so that we are sure that it is sp specific to where we live, um, specific to the people who are experiencing that, and not something that we copy and paste it from the states, because obviously, it's so different over there, and even from from the UK or from Ireland. So I think it's important that we find language, and I think um, coming back to gender um, in the German language, I think we will get there. I don't know when. Will I live to see it? I hope so, but I also doubt it because it is uh, a very conservative language, as we can see. Um, and anyone who's tried to learn it um, has probably made the same experience. I studied German in school and it was, it was really hard. Um, thank you so much for that. Um, I, I really struck by what you were saying, you know, that during the pandemic, it's like you're at the stage where it's she's saying being a typical millennial millennium but millennial oh okay be <laughs> a typical millennial um to send it out through writing but actually you know people have come out through through writing for all of time let's say um but also to just be at that stage where you're like i'm not comfortable enough to even verbalize this to then also having to think about how do we change the language <laughs> what are the words um, I always think it's so unfair for the people who are, you know, living and going through something, um, but then also trying to process it themselves to try and then have all of the answers um, and have all of the words and come up with a new word to go in a dictionary or to be used. Like, it, it, it's a lot. Um, so I hope that, I don't know who the language makers are, um, but I hope that they also take that responsibility because it, of course, like nothing about us without us, like the community that yeah. affects should, of course, be... Um, consulted and listened to but it shouldn't be only on communities to advocate to have their own identities or, or, or characteristics recognized in their own language um, yeah and I think in Sweden or Finland don't don't quote me on this but one of those um, Scandinavian countries um, they actually did introduce um, gender neutral pronouns quite recently so it is possible um, and they they didn't use they them they used pronouns hen i think is the one that fit in their fits fits with their language so it's just someone just needs to take the lead here and it needs to be our, our government and the language people i need to find out who they are and i need to write them an, an angry letter we're both just looking blankly at each other going <laughs> language, language people council of <laughs> linguists um yeah i don't know but um yeah uh, going back to to what you were saying about 
basically carrying the world, <laughs> the, the weight yeah. of the world on your shoulders. It, that's also something that I was thinking of quite a lot because through my work um, with Dublin Pride, you're you're obviously ex- expected, um, or I I expected that of myself um, to almost become a poster child of mm-hmm. of, of of queerness and of self confident queerness um, and of being you know out and proud and and um, that was something that I struggled with last year. Um, when I didn't, when I wasn't out and I wasn't proud, um, um, but also had to perform on, uh, you know, you just crank the gay up come June. <laughs> You're just like, yeah, okay, I'm just extra gay this month. Um, but I was struggling and, and I just remember um, sitting in my garden and crying. Um, and I, I told my, my, my housemate who who's editing this podcast, I don't know if I can... I can give away her identity, um, <laughs> but um, Katrina, I, um, I told Katrina that, that that I was struggling with my gender identity, and I and I I felt like a like a fraud almost because I was like extending a helping hand to the gays in need who were struggling with their gender identity, and I said it's okay and take your time and all of that, but it's I guess it's also about learning to learning to accept myself, <laughs> so. Um, it's it's yeah I definitely learned or I'm trying to be a bit kinder to myself because you know you got to give yourself a hug every now and then and you got to say you know it's okay to not have all the answers and yes I am I am literally as I introduced myself I'm a professional queer or queer professional what whatever you want to call it but that doesn't mean that that I'm not human I'm still 26 I'm not perfect um and it doesn't matter um speaking of of my of my age it doesn't matter if you're 16 or 26 or 89 or 150 if you live that long that's very impressive <laughs> um it, when when you're ready you're ready and and it doesn't matter how you get there when you get there but you know just gotta gotta try your best it's it's hard out there <laughs> it's hard it is hard and it's hard inside your mind because yes. <laughs> i think for a lot of the community um especially more visible people, they feel like, oh, that poster child pressure. But you were literally a poster <laughs> child for the queers. You were on posters. <laughs> so I can yeah. imagine that that really like amplified that for you. So um, thank you so much for being honest about that as well, because, yeah, you would look at a poster of you and think like, wow, this person has it all together and is, you know, the most super confident and comfortable in their identity. Um, I think that can teach us also about assumptions. Um, and I think when we don't make those assumptions about people, it can bring us closer together to know that everyone's figuring something out all the time, whatever it is. Um, thank you so much for that. Um, you mentioned being black um, and also being Austrian. Um, so um, you moved to Ireland a few years ago. And again, I'm just blanking on the, far- the part that you're leaving. Um, <laughs> but... Um, what has it like been like for you? What's the experience of being black and queer in Ireland for you? Um, positive. Um, it's been it's been positive, but I think it's because um, I was socialized and, and raised in a very very although like very white, <laughs> um, lily white country, <laughs> um, and coming to Ireland, like Ireland in my eyes is is much more diverse than than Austria so that's how white <laughs> that's how white um Austria is um and so I moved here in 2019 obviously didn't get a lot a whole lot lot out of out of out of Dublin before the pandemic hit um but I 
but I did um did get get in touch or I did get involved with with groups like Origins Ella and um, Black Weird Book Club over the past three years, um, and they've been such a great kind of like emotional resource if that makes sense because it's so like so good just so good for the soul to be in a space where you don't have to explain your experience and don't have to justify why you react a certain way because people know why you would react in a certain way or they 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 know the experiences that you've made um, and also just just a bunch of fun people. So I can highly recommend if, if any black queer people um, that are Dublin based are out there um, to kind of get involved with um, with 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 those groups. And um, if you're not Dublin based and, and you don't have those groups, maybe try and start your own, because obviously it, it's um, it's very city city centered, everything. Um, and we we tend to forget that, I guess, when you're in the capital. But um also kind of try to get involved in that you know time back with your local communities to to find people that are close to you um so yeah so it's it's been a positive experience um overall um and it's been good to see um what kind of issues people here face um um the black community but also the queer community um because you know sometimes you would go into black space and think you're safe, but then as a queer person, you're n- you're not. And then you would enter a queer space, but you're the only black pe- person in the room. Um, and th- while I'm used to being the only black person in the room, um, I don't like it. <laughs> so, mm. um, and, um, you know, people sometimes don't understand how s- specific certain experiences are. Um, so I'm I'm definitely hoping that they will grow and that um, that more groups that kind of center not just around pain and suffering and discrimination, but also about just reading books and reading texts and having fun and having a sports day and, you know, just having just just going out and all of that, because like we know we're black, we know we're queer. You don't have to remind us every day and, you know, you don't want to be reminded every day of, of your oppression and you don't need to be because, you know, it's something that you live anyways. Um, and I think that's why it's so important for black people um, and black queer people in particular to create their own narrative and tell their own stories as well without that white gaze that constantly tries to pathologize us. And they're like, oh, well, tell me about your racism and tell me about your experience with racism and tell me about your suffering and your pain and people making making us do all the emotional labor so yeah lots lots of thoughts there lots of thoughts well amazing and thank you so much for sharing i i hope that people that are listening whatever um their ethnicity or skin color can um relate to you know the importance of safe spaces um and having dedicated spaces for um certain identities or or groups of people like you mentioned the two groups which we'll 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 link when we share this um podcast um are specifically for people of color and black people there's no white people um allowed into the spaces and that sounds like a really important thing like you said to not have that white gaze to just like be your regular self but not have the additional layer of having to explain that yeah I mean, and and some of the events are obviously open to to other folks as well. But you know, um, 
it's also and that that's something that people who are not a member of certain marginalized groups should should remember not everything is for you and that's okay and if you see an event that is you know a, a black is marketed as a black event then maybe think twice about whether it is your place to be there or maybe you should just support from afar um, or maybe wait for um, an event where they say you know um, this is not just a black people only event but um, um, a, an event for everyone but always think before you I think enter a space um, created by a, a marginalized group if if it's okay for you to be there or if you're just you know in intruding basically I think that's probably something that a lot of white people have never thought twice about like is this space for me um, and should I even be in this space and am I taking up a space in a negative way or cr like filling a space in a negative way um, so that's a really important message as well thank you um, is there we were just, just talk, talking about being like queer living in Ireland is there anything about like queer culture here that strikes you or that stands out to you um, I know we were talking the other day about both labels and drinking culture um, in terms of labels I suppose and, and that's um, I guess the queer community and I, you know I don't want to generalize but it's not just Ireland I think it's you know everywhere and 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 not just the queer community but you know society mm -hmm. as a whole we like to have we like to name things we like to be able to categorize and stick them in neat boxes so when I would describe my sexuality depending on the context I'm in I, I do give a lot of um, talks as part of my job and, and workshops sometimes because it's sometimes it's it's just easier for people to understand that I'm pansexual <laughs> and non-binary um, whereas I don't really I don't really feel pansexual well per definition I am but it just I don't have any connection to that word um, and I'm I, I I I would much rather prefer to just use the the word queer, um, and now I know for a lot of people, um, and that's why sometimes, um, especially when there's 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 um, older people in the room, one of the questions that I, that I actually um, often get back is is it okay to use the word queer? Um, so it's you know there's definitely a kind of generational shift that I noticed there that some people would be very much comfortable with using it and some people wouldn't so that's why sometimes using pansexual slash non-binary is easier for and and more comfortable for people to digest but i personally um i'm just i'm just queer <laughs> i'm just a big old <laughs> queer so, and i'm happy to call myself that but obviously we need to be mindful and respectful of the fact that people have grown up with that being used as, as a slur mm. and if someone tells you I don't want to be called queer then you know we, sh we need to respect that uh, absolutely and it could be something that even like you said you are professional queer but for me and do, doing things with Dublin Lesbian Line sometimes you'd even start slipping into that because to go like LGBTQIA plus community um, it's just a uh, you can hear that I stumble over my words so sometimes you'd almost just like slip into saying queer because it's just it's quicker and it's yeah. just that one syllable um, it just re yeah. closes off nicely but it can actually make people feel really uncomfortable still um, so thank you for bringing that up as well um, 
almost, you know, you would think maybe some people would think that people would find it harder to, to digest, like pansexual, non-binary, but actually it can be queer. That's the, the triggering word. Because um, it's so vague and it leaves yeah. so much room for interpretation, but or but also growth, I find. It's just, you don't have to, if you just know that you're queer, but you don't really know who you are yet or how you fit into the the rainbow spectrum or whatever you want to call it, um, it's it's so liberating to have a word that includes you without forcing you to define you. And then also just going back to what I said about my own gender identity, where I did feel very comfortable being described and, and, and would have called myself female. Um, but that's not the case anymore. Obviously, that fluidity can be hard for people to, to understand because it's not it's not one or the other. It's just like, you know, I just I just grew out of my femaleness. I just I was just like, I'm done with this. I tried it and, you know, I don't want it anymore. Um, and this kind of um, and then, you know, first um, before I came out as pan or, or whatever, um, you know, I, I, I guess, you know, I, I would have only dated and gone out with with men. Um, but then started dating women as well and now but now mostly dating dating women um so does does that make me a lesbian now or you know i just i just don't know and i honestly i don't care mm -hmm. um so that's why queer is just so nice because you don't have to call yourself um pansexual or lesbian or this or that and i get why people like to have a sense of their own identity because it, it's so empowering and it's powerful and um, we can't forget that people fought very hard for the rights to be called lesbian and to be recognized and celebrated as lesbians so we can't forget that but I personally just I'm just I'm just like I'm done with the labels throw them out the window I I love that what you say about queer and also what you were saying about, you know, we don't always people don't always want to be reminded of their oppression. And I think that sometimes queer, while a really political term for some people, I also like it because of its play. It's it can be playful a little bit because it, you could be referring to gender, sexuality, either or both. And when you say it to someone, they can immediately conjure up something, but it doesn't necessarily mean what you like. That's what you mean. And you don't have to elaborate. Like, I kind of feel like it can be kind of a fun term as well. Um, although I know for not everybody is in a place to have fun with their their words. Um, but just when sometimes it can be, I know for people it can be, um, well, for people for myself as well, frustrating to always, you know, have to give a label to other people, um, especially outside of our community. And so queer can be this kind of, well, that's an answer, but is it? Yeah. <laughs> but that's, that's the beauty I find um, of the community that we're not, in a sense, like others that we're um, resistant to change. I feel like we're all about change and all about shift shifting language and being more inclusive and growing and and changing because the whole point of queerness is kind of a, a rejection of the norm and even our own norms mm. um, as well so that's what i find very very liberating about about being queer that nothing has to be fixed and you can change and you can grow and then you know obviously that that ties in with 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 gender and and sexuality being being a journey 
and it's so nice to still see people grow and um little shout out to um the um C- CEO of Shoutout who um came out um as 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 trans um the uh, well at the time of the the recording the night before um so um it's it's just so 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 positive to see people embracing embracing who they are not being afraid to change um yeah 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 <laughs> I, I agree i have goosebumps listening to you um is there anything else you'd like to cover or chat about yeah well people drink a lot is what i've noticed and i know there's stats um and and austria is also one of the most drinking countries most drink heavy countries oh, really? um most drunk countries i don't know how you <laughs> say it properly um but i feel like there's a difference here than than in austria i feel like i feel like here it's very much everything you do is kind of centered around a pub or it's is in a pub <laughs> um especially when it comes to queer nightlife because um um a lot of things you know take place in in a pub or a club the george um street 66 panty bar penny lane are all nighttime venues and yes obviously um we can argue that there there are different spaces as well but having uniquely queer spaces which is obviously so important these days thinking back of the year we had in terms of um homophobic violence um it's kind of i get why we why we need them but i would uh, i would wish that we would have spaces that centered that are that are sober spaces as well mm. because i've i've definitely my drinking had skyrocketed in this country <laughs> um and i've only since i moved here um and i've only kind of um been able to to really back in um uh recently where i'm like okay i I'm, I, I want to be more conscious of the fact that i'm drinking because alcohol is a drug <laughs> so um um you know trying to trying to be more mindful of of what i'm consuming and the effect it has on my body and my my mental health because you got to watch out for yourself um and and you know um alcohol doesn't doesn't always help um so yeah but um yeah definitely something i've noticed is that Ireland has a drinking problem. <laughs> Just yeah. Yeah, true. That's 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 it, I guess. And it can be something that people can slip into really easily, especially like you say, if okay, you're like, okay, I want to go to a dedicated queer space, these places all serve alcohol. Um, you want to keep being in in the space that's queer and then therefore there's more alcohol and it can just very quickly become something that can kind of almost tied in with identity, confidence, self esteem. Um, I think you made such a great point there about needing sober queer spaces because there's phenomenal meetups that go on that do lots of things um, in the day and outside and there's loads of amazing sports groups. Um, but I know for people, it can we want a, 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 a physical space, a building, something with a flag on it, something that you, know, you can just go to without having to necessarily join something. What if you're not sportily inclined? <laughs> <laughs> Um, so yeah, I really agree with you like that. And, but I also have seen the last few years a lot more people are becoming conscious about mm-hmm. their alcohol consumption um, and are really kind of calling out 
for the spaces like that. Um, so hopefully in time it's something that we'll get because we have a pretty big queer population here. Yeah. So um, I guess it's again about it being hard to, uh, you know, be part of the group that needs something and then also being the one to like advocate for it and set it up and do that. But hopefully that's something we'll get in yeah. time. Yeah, definitely. And and I can definitely see a shift with, with the younger generation, the youths. Um, <laughs> Because um, from from what I've seen um, with the with the queer uh, young ones um, is is that they drink less, which is which is obviously good um, to find other outlets and other ways of of you know socializing as well. Because um, I do want I do you know we do want to go out and we do want nightlife as well, um, but I would appreciate it as well if 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 you could just. If if there wasn't drink, if there wasn't any mm. drink um, being served or being offered, because I'm weak, and if someone offers me a drink, then I will drink it. <laughs> yeah, but um, yeah. Um, thank you so much for that. Is there any final message you'd like to say? Um, yeah. So I think what I want to take people away from this is to be gentle with themselves and kind of um take take their time growing into themselves and also accepting that it is very hard and 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 um surrounding themselves with people who um who support who support you um another shout out to my to my to my main girl Katrina Murphy <laughs> um producer of this wonderful podcast um and i just wanted to say also a massive thank you to you Laura Louise as well cuz this podcast did did mean a lot to me when it first came out season 1 because the the stories that were being told were so um so inspiring and it was so good to hear from so many different people and to be on this podcast now is just like wild um so yeah i'm very grateful to be here thank you so much grace i'm so grateful and as you said when you start off started off you are an inspiration <laughs> that was amazing thank you so much yeah <laughs> started from the started from the bottom now we're here <laughs> that's, that's why are you gonna sing that started from the bottom now we're here <laughs> i don't actually know the lyrics that's all i know but yeah just yo we all started from the bottom and now we're somewhere so just just embrace it yeah um if yeah if i could drop this mic i would drop it now to say <laughs> signal that i'm done but. wise words from chris and drake <laughs> so that's it for today thanks for listening and we would like to say a special thank you to chris for speaking to us for this episode and we also want to thank chris for composing the new theme music of women's star dublin lesbian island is a support service for the lgbtqai plus community in ireland DLL is run by volunteers and relies heavily on voluntary contributions, so we would greatly appreciate any financial support you can offer. Lastly, we want to thank Dublin Pride for sponsoring the new season of Women's Star. We couldn't have done it without their support. And if you like the podcast, please spread the word. Thank you for listening and see you next time.